Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. This franchise, MLS and E, uh, there is much to be, I guess, imbued in the significance of this moment uh, that the Raptors uh, could dine out, uh, I guess, indefinitely. Let's find out how this may impact the brand going forward. Alyssa Freeman is a public relations strategist and PR and pop culture media expert, and she's joined the Oakley Show to explain all. Alyssa, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. What a great day it is for talk radio. It is, you know, and uh, the euphoria lingers after the uh, Raptors clinched last night. Now, this is a question, though, because they uh, have such a fan base. You saw it. I mean, in Saskatoon, they got a football stadium uh, teaming with people. Montreal, who'd have thunk that? I mean, you know, uh, everything happening this side uh, of the Quebec border, they're inimical towards, but uh, they had a fan contingency there cheering the Raptors on in the Maritime. You know the whole drill, but uh, as a cultural milestone and the significance of the moment, uh, how does that accrue to the benefit of this franchise and the parent company, mls and going forward? How could they best leverage this? Well, here's the thing. They have laid some fantastic foundational elements when it came time to developing the brand. You know, at first the brand was about the team. It was about the Raptors, it was about the players. But over the years and the decades, it has developed more into about the fan, about the country. And that has become a very strong, rich, unifying force. So when we, ha- when we adopted, or when they adopted the phrase, we the North, it wasn't about the team, it was about the entire country. So when you have a very, very strong foundational element that helps the country embrace a team that from Canada's largest city, not everybody loves Toronto. I mean, I know we're the center of the universe, but not everybody likes to think that. So when you have a brand that embraces the country and allows them to embrace the team, you have really set yourself up for something really, really big. Well, the Jays tried that, and I guess it was successful when they were winning, and uh, then it seems to dissipate because they were considered Canada's team too, weren't they? That's true. And I think the difference is is about the diversity of the fan base here. So you have fans from every different culture, which is, you know, very big in this city and in larger centers across the country. But you also have fan bases from different cities also that, you know, so Saskatoon and Halifax and Montreal. And you see that and you look at the visual of all those fans coming together and the different faces and the different colors and the different ages and the different walks of life. And suddenly you feel like you're part of something big. So you're not just part of cheering on a team, but you're really part of a movement. And, you know, Canadians love to feel a part, from something, a part of something. And, you know, we're always known for, oh, we're always known for apologizing and, and you know, having more of a, a modest reputation. But here is something that we can shout from the rooftops. And there are very few brands of late that have been able to embrace that. So 
We used to look at Tim Hortons as a very unifying Canadian brand. Well, that brand, I mean, they're trying to build itself up, but has really dropped, I think it was, to number 50 as far as beloved brands in this country. And here we have Tim Hortons, which could, as a team, ostensibly take the place of a consumer goods brand, which is really quite incredible. Well, yeah, and because it's got such broad demographic uh, sweep to it, too. I mean, young, old, uh, every background conceivable, rich, poor. I mean, it just, it doesn't know any demographic boundary, I guess. And when you look at the different reporting styles and what the narratives were from, let's say, the ABC, the American Network, the first thing that they did when they, game one, they went outside, they went in front of the lineup to get into Jurassic Park, and they went, look at this, look at all these different faces, look at all these different colors, this is what Toronto is, this is what the Raptors are, they embrace all different ethnicities and cultures, and it was almost like a big aha moment. But that also just not just resonated within North America, but, you know, when I'm looking through my own social feeds, I'm seeing that places from all over the world have been cheering on the Raptors. Even in the States, you know, they did a poll of people from all over the States, and they said, okay, how many states are for the Raptors and how many of them are for Golden State? And I think it was something, you know, 47 states wanted the Raptors to win. Right. And then when I see people from different cities in the U.S., having raptor parties. Apparently, Kylie Jenner had a raptor party, which is making the news, and that (laughs) that kind of blew my mind. (laughs) She's run out of warriors to date. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess it was Rockford, Illinois, the home of uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, uh, yeah. Fred Van Vliet, yes. So th- this is interesting when you cite it as a movement, uh, and it is international in scope, uh, but it happened organically uh, rather than being massaged by the corporate parent, didn't it? That is a great point, John. You know, when when movements happen organically versus being, you know, thrust down our throats by a a highly paid and, you know, largely an ad campaign that has huge reach. You know, we feel that we've been manipulated a little bit, maybe through creativity or maybe just through clever narrative. In this case, this is something that has cropped up on its own. Nobody went out and said, okay, Saskatoon, let's get a bunch of people together. She could watch, you know, the Raptors game. They did that onto their own. So when it comes from the heart, when it comes from a, a sense of truth, people tend to wrap their arms around that. And, you know, this can continue. Yes, it, I think it, it will continue along with the fortunes of, of the team. You know, but right now is absolutely the time to capitalize on, but capitalize on it while people are feeling good, people are feeling great about the team, and they're feeling great about the country and themselves. Well, that's the question, really. How do you capitalize even further at this point? I mean, success has got to follow success, doesn't it? We saw with the Blue Jays, uh, very successful there for about a year and a half, and then it dissipated as the team sort of unraveled and uh, people were traded away. So how do they follow up? If Kawhi Leonard doesn't re-sign, do they keep the momentum going? That's going to be a tough one. But the one thing that the Raptors do that a lot of the other teams, I think, try to do, but maybe not with that great deal of success, is that they are involved in the city and they do pick and choose the charities um, that they like to support. So, you know, you'll often see Raptors, for example, Norman Powell's uh, association with Big Brothers Big Sisters is a a great example. You know, he goes out there, he touches the people, he goes out and, and supports the event and supports the cause. So they are often 
often out there and create that type of, um, you know, one-to-one interpersonalization where people can look up and touch and feel their heroes. So that's something that the Raptors, I think, do really, really well, better than some of the other organizations. If Kawhi doesn't sign, you know, I think that that will be a big blow. But let's remember that, the you know, the bench was deep. And there were many, many names that can continue um, to support that Raptor brand. I just saw on my Insta stories, um, you know, the huge DJ Steve Aoki jumping up and down in Vegas with a, at a show of thousands and thousands of people with a Kyle, a Kyle Lowry uh, T-shirt on. And even, you know, tag Kyle, Kyle Lowry in his Insta story. And there's somebody of an international superstar who supports the Raptors. So when you have that organic fan base that continues to perpetuate the message on behalf of the team, that is also very powerful. Saw that with Rory McIlroy and the Kyle Lowry jer- jersey given to him uh, after winning the Canadian Open last weekend in Hamilton. The other thing I'm curious about, Alyssa Freeman with us. She's a PR and pop culture media expert on this Raptors phenomenon and going forward. You know, the Jays incorporated a maple leaf into their logo. Would it behoove the Raptors to do something similar? I think they've already done it, John, and I think that by saying we the North mm. uh, in terms of words, and yes, there's been different uniform designs, and I remember they came out with the red uniform, I think, with the, the white chevron. Uh, I looked at it and I thought, oh, right. that's not something I would wear. But they right. have already incorporated we the North. So I don't think that they need to do that. I think that they have adopted the moniker and embraced the moniker of Canada's team. And yes, maybe they want to put a maple leaf in there, but honestly, to use one of your phrases, I think that that maple leaf in the Jays uh, uniform is a bit of virtue signaling. I see. All right. You know, so I don't think, I think that that's manufactured, John, and I don't think that that's organic, whereas we the North is more of of an organic phrase. Absolutely. Uh, It looks like this is, you know, it's authentic, and that's a key word, too, uh, which especially resonates with younger folk uh, who can be somewhat cynical or jaded, and uh, they've embraced this team. Well, everybody has uh, because, well, they're that appealing. They're alluring. And uh, you saw that last night in the evidence of uh, hundreds of thousands out in the streets in Toronto and across the country, as a matter of fact. Alyssa, great uh, interpretation of what's playing out insofar as brand and the pop culture element to it, as is your beat. And uh, so we'll look forward to talking again real soon. I hope so, John. You got it. Alyssa Freeman, public relations strategist, PR and pop culture media expert. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.